the Retreat House Podcast. I'm your host, Angie Smith. I've invited a friend to the table to share their story. Come and join us. Welcome to the Retreat House Table. I am off-site this week at the Dunn Brothers Coffee in Arden Hills. If you haven't been there, check it out. And I am really excited about my guest today. I, my guest today is Roxanne Battle, and if you know that name, you have probably either read her new book, Pockets of Joy, or recognized her name from when she was on Care 11, and that's how I knew her, and I was at the Mom Boss 5K this last spring, as was Roxanne, and I was very excited to her. She was at a table, and I was, you know, kind of nervously went over to introduce myself and talk to her, and we ended up having the best conversation, and said we should we should record a, a, an episode of the retreat house podcast and i absolutely said yes please and even that we have been talking for about an hour before i hit record and just i I'm, I'm so excited to have roxanne on the podcast and for you to hear her heart and to hear more about her book pockets of joy and just conversation about about life and faith and finding joy in the midst of all that entails. So welcome to the podcast, Roxanne. Thank you, Angie. That's very, very kind of you. And there's no reason to be nervous. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I hope we can recapture some yeah. of the great combo we had before mm-hmm. we started recruiting. It's great to be here. And one of great spaces is here in Arden Isn't it Hills. beautiful? Beautiful, beautiful. Dunn Brothers and Arden Hills. It's really a beautiful space. Let's talk about your book, Pockets of Joy, mm-hmm. Deciding to be Happy, Choosing to be Free. And where where did it begin? Yeah. What was the beginning? It, as I'm a writer by profession, obviously, long journalism career, mm-hmm. um, went to school for journalism, but in the back of my mind, I always wanted to write a book. And so people ask me, how long did it take you to write Pockets of Joy? Well, the short answer is a week. The long <laughs> answer is 20 years, mm-hmm. in that I'd been doing journal entries and writing on it and putting it down, come back to it two years later, write it write some more, put it down, come back to it. Uh, three years later, and the title always changed, the focus always changed. But when my son graduated from high school, he's mm-hmm. my only child, I realized that his childhood was sort of symbolically over, mm-hmm. and he was entering adulthood, mm-hmm. and I thought, now's the time. So I took all those journal entries and all those manuscripts and all those computer files that I had been collecting over the various years, his, you know, as a eighteen years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I went down to Florida. I locked myself in a room for a week. (laughs) And I put all of that together. And I came up with the manuscript for what was the first incarnation of Pockets of Joy in one week's time. Wow. The title is something that my Lamaze teacher helped me see because I was terrified about becoming a mom for the first time. And so there's a story in the first chapter of the book that talks about looking for the joy Mm-hmm. in life changes and life transitions and becoming a new mom was certainly a transition for mm-hmm. me looking mm-hmm. for those pockets of joy those fleeting moments where you feel like everything's going to be okay and as you read in the book becoming a mom was a transition my career was a transition mm-hmm. um, uh, and the end of my marriage was a transition and so I write very candidly very transparently about how I found joy in those difficult spaces in life, how I intentionally looked for joy, mm-hmm. and how God met me where I was at. Right. 
Yeah, that was the one thing that really struck me was your vulnerability in telling your story in the book. And, and I was so curious because I've, I'm not a journalist, but I know when the news happens, you go mm-hmm. and, and you need to be available. Mm-hmm. And to think about doing that and you were a single mom. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to go through a life change um, privately. Mm-hmm. But I was, you know, a reporter on the 5 o'clock news. And as I tell people, how do you, A, navigate a divorce and attorneys and, B, learn how to take care of this little boy? He was 11 months old when my marriage ended. Wow. And, C, I just landed a job at Care 11. I was a year into it. And so how do you navigate all of that while you're doing the five o'clock news how do you keep your mascara from not running on camera mm-hmm. it was a daily challenge for me I, I, used to, I remember I, Angie I'd walk out of the station sometime you know thinking boy people have no idea how much I cry mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know but I I was intentional I wanted to get through this period in my life. I was determined that it wasn't going to break me. Mm-hmm. And I am a woman of faith, you know, and if God is for me, who can be against me? And mm-hmm. I, I might really deepen my, my faith and my belief. And, and I talk a lot about perseverance. There's a butterfly, monarch butterfly, on the cover of the book, and it's very symbolic about perseverance and how what's inside of us, how God has imbued us with the, the tools that we need to make it through difficult times in life. And I tell that story in the prologue of the book. So um, I just, I didn't want all of that to get the best of me. And so I write very candidly and transparently about how hard it was, as you've read, Mm -hmm. and how I found my way. And sort of like miracles seemed to happen, just like fall out of the sky, it seemed. And um, I learned a lot about myself and... and, uh, I raised a son, and I had a great career, and now I'm an author, and, you know, God is faithful. So in that process in your book, you talk about Joy's precepts, our perseverance, which you mentioned. Yes. Gratitude and intentionality, and they were practices that sustained you during your really crummy times. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about what, you know, what, what does that look like? What does intention, well, what does it look like to kind of live out that perseverance, gratitude, and intentionality in a crummy time. Perseverance is just not giving up. Mm-hmm. You know, every day that I got up was another day to look for and find the joy. Every day that I got up was another day to try to make it right again. Mm-hmm. Every another every day that I got up was another day to try to be the best mom I could be, and to go in the station and do the best job I could, come home and make dinner and read stories and say prayers and do bath time, you know, Every day was another opportunity to try to get it right. And it was one more day that I was moving away from the herd and the pain. And mm-hmm. one more day that I was moving towards the light, mm-hmm. towards that which would bring me joy. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I mean about perseverance. And then intentionality was naming those things, those small little accomplishments. Mm-hmm. I made it through the day. I made deadline. You know, we're having family dinner together. You know, Jared's, my son is safe. He's sleeping in his bed. I have a home. It's warm. I have food, right? Mm -hmm. Being intentional about looking for the things that are going right instead of focusing on the things that are going wrong, Mm -hmm. and which leads me to the third point of gratitude. I give thanks every day, you know, for all the things that went right. And as I have found later in life, you know, that's like psychologists say, the more you practice gratitude, the more things you find great to be grateful for mm-hmm. and the happier 
you become. I mean, the scriptures tell us, right? And all things give thanks. That's mm-hmm. not because God is some big egomaniac who wants to be praised. Yes, yeah. we honor and we worship Yeah, it's not God. about him. It's not about him. It's about, but he knows that and all things give thanks need. because that's going to trigger something on the inside of us to find those things that we're grateful for, mm-hmm. to be intentional about looking for those pockets of joy. Mm-hmm. So how, what did that look like when you were, when you were a journalist? When you were, you know, trying to balance being a mom mm-hmm. and but needing to be available mm-hmm. for news stories, yeah. I had to, priorities. You know, mm-hmm. in in the short answer, you know, becoming a divorced single mom, working a high profile job, required that I prioritize mm-hmm. in order to make it through. One of the decisions that I made is I I bought our home a mile from the, the television station. I put my son in school, which was a mile from the television station. Our church was a mile from the television station. Mm-hmm. So that if I needed, as a single mom, to get to him in a moment's notice, if time was shrinking and I, I was you know, stressed out about where I needed to be when, I knew that if I built my life, mm-hmm. very practically speaking, around this vicinity, this neighborhood, this, that it would make life easier for me and that that was the truth I mean there were times Angie when I'd be coming back from assignment like a live shot somewhere and I'd be mm-hmm. in the car with the photographer in the news van and it's five to five and I know I have to pick up my son from childcare. we would literally take the news van to the child care <laughs> yeah. I'd go get my son bring him in the news van put him in the news van we put him in the car we'd go to the station you know mm-hmm. because everything was so close so a lot of that was just you know real sort of you know, practical, but from a, a mind standpoint, um, just just really being intentional about prioritizing my life, and then having all those pri- my decisions line up about what was most important to me. Mm-hmm. As the subtitle of the book says, deciding to be happy, mm-hmm. choosing to be free, and so I had to be very clear in my mind what. Do I choose to prioritize? What, how are my decisions going to line up with those priorities? And so mm-hmm. for me, I loved being a mom. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I loved everything about it. And so, as I just said, I lined up my decisions and, and built my life around in a way that would help me be the best I could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, manage that single parenthood in the best way possible. And then I had a great tribe, mm-hmm. other moms, um, my son's father. We had an amicable co- co-parenting relationship. Um, people at the station and my managers, they all understood. I brought people into that space and I didn't try to do it alone. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask about, because it sounded like you were building your community in a one-mile radius. I didn't try to do it alone. Mm-hmm. You know, There were people there that helped me as I write about in the book and how grateful I am for them. And, and I think sometimes, Angie, when we go through things, we isolate ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we think it's mm-hmm. just us. Mm-hmm. We're sad. We're disappointed. Yeah. We're embarrassed. Yeah, nobody's ever gone through anything like right. this and, before. And that's what I think the forces of darkness use mm-hmm. to keep us in a dark place. But, you know, as I say in the book, you have to walk towards the light. You have to walk towards the light because that's where you find the joy. And there are good and decent people in this world that are willing to help you. Despite all the anger right. and tension and vitriol, I am convinced there are good. I've met them. I am a living proof of it. 
that there are good and decent people in this world and surround your circle. You don't need a lot of them, just a handful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they'll help you see your way through. So you were, you were doing the job of making being a mother a priority and doing your job well, which you did do your job well, I saw it. Thank you very <laughs> much. I appreciate that. And then you talk about a time when your job was, was changing. Mm-hmm. And so talk a little bit about when the, the culture of local news started to change, and which had been, I mean, you were a mom and you were a journalist. Mm-hmm. and Television journalist. Right. And yeah, how, what, what are the effects? And the quote that I'm looking at is that, I started to die to my ego and to the forces that tell you you're nothing without a title or position. Yeah. So as you're, you're working hard, you're creating this community, or your tribe, and, and then there's this upheaval mm-hmm. of this world, is, this culture of TV news is changing. How do, you, how do you navigate that? Yeah, that was a very, very difficult time of my life. Um, it's no secret now the impact the internet had on broadcast television. Mm-hmm. Um, it just siphoned away viewers, it siphoned away revenues, and television news by its very nature with deadline pressure and being such an in-your-face medium mm-hmm. is a very toxic and difficult industry to work in. You're, we had a saying, you're only as good as your last story. Well, mm-hmm. you can imagine the kind of pressure to produce day in, day out on deadlines. And so you add to that very intense environment economic pressures from management because of what's the squeeze the internet was putting on the broadcast industry. You've got a Mm -hmm. very tense environment. I'd never seen anything like it in all my 20 plus years of being in the news. I'd never seen the reaction from people and the the emotion from people in the way that I saw once we realized that really we were in the midst of a cultural shift. Mm -hmm. It was the end of an era, basically. And um, before we get too much mm -hmm. in the change, why don't to give listeners a perspective of, because you talk about assignments that you had before the change. I mean, lavish. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, flying down to Disney World or going Mm -hmm. out to Burbank and hanging out with Jay Leno or and interviewing Mariah Carey a couple times. I hung out, you know, at the uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis's Flight Time Studios, you know, and he, um, you know, produced Janet Jackson's mm-hmm. albums, you know. I had a few encounters with Prince. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And then the budget dried up, and those assignments went away. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm just sort of grinding it out in a toxic, intense environment. And the show that I was on, I was a um, co-anchor of the Carol Evan Today Show, which was a local version of the Today Show, basically. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'd watch people in New York, and then they'd fly to Minneapolis, and I'd interview them the next day, mm-hmm. right? It was like way cool. I met lots of celebrity chefs, lots of famous authors, actresses. It was just an awesome job. Mm-hmm. But because of the financial pressures, that job changed dramatically and became an infomercial where people had to pay to be on. It was management's way of trying to shore up revenue. Mm. But because I was a journalist mm-hmm. and I reported on the evening news, in addition to doing the Today Show, I had to decide if, whether or not to be on that show. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't because of conflict of interest. 
right? You can't interview people that are paying to be on, and mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. they become a subject of a news story. Mm -hmm. So that meant mm -hmm. go back to the newsroom. Well, if I went back to the newsroom, I didn't know what my schedule was going to be like, because right now I was working a nine to five, which is awesome and unheard of in the world of television news. Right, and how old is Jared? Jared is then? about 13 years old, so he's getting ready to, it was another transition. Mm -hmm. Going from grade school to middle school, huge transition. Huge. Right, mm -hmm. and I needed to be there for that. I needed to be there for the parent-teacher conferences and the soccer and football and basketball games. I needed to be there as my son was turning into a teenager. Mm -hmm. But they, I, there was uncertainty about what my schedule was going to be like. And so you went to the I, newsroom. In the newsroom. Mm -hmm. Would I be mornings? Would I be nights? Would I be weekends? And so it was, you can see, you can almost hear it in my voice. Mm -hmm. I, and I, I'm almost feeling those emotions all over again, going back and reliving that. It was just an um, unbelievable difficult situation and a very difficult decision to make. Do I stay or do I go? I remember a moment ago I said, you know, everything lined up with my desire to be a mom. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to go. Mm. I decided to go because I wanted to be there for my son. I'd saved up my nickels or whatever, and I just figured I'd, I'd just wait out the storm and land a job someplace else. And um, as it turned out, I never worked in full-time news ever again. Mm -hmm. But I have no regrets. And part of that, it seemed like what was influencing you too at that time was a book that you had read by Maria Shriver. After I left, I made the decision to end my journalism, TV journalism career. I walked away from a career that took me over 20 years to build. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, people asked me in a nutshell what that was like, and it was very, it was devastating actually, because mm -hmm. uh, that was my career identity. I knew from the time, Angie, I was 11 years old, I wanted to be a TV journalist. Mm -hmm. I knew it. I started wearing little suits, and my mom sent me to create a writing class. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and as a watcher of the news, my husband and I watched Care 11, and, and we noticed that you were gone. Yeah. All of a sudden, Roxanne Battle is gone, and so we were, well, thank you. and I'm a Googler, so then it's, where is, where is she? What, what, what's happening? And that's, what's one the reasons, on? and that's one of the reasons I wrote the book, because of people like you, because mm -hmm. I had such a wonderful fan base. I wanted to explain to them how I was on the TV one day, and then all of a sudden I was gone. Mm -hmm. um, and so... Uh, uh, Maria Shriver. Maria book. Shriver. That's what we're talking about. Maria Shriver. So anyway, I, I uh, was talking to a newspaper reporter about transition, and she asked me what was it like transitioning out of TV news, and I said it was very difficult. And she wrote that, she, and I, she said, "Well, what helped you get through it?" And I said, "Well, Maria Shriver wrote a book called Just Who You Be, which was a commencement address, small little 100-page book mm -hmm. from a commencement address. I think she gave it Stanford University. I'm not sure, but." Um, in it, she talked about how she left NBC News as a correspondent when she became the first lady of California mm -hmm. because of conflict of interest. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, she worked for NBC, I worked for NBC. She left conflict and I left for conflict. Oh my gosh. And then she talked about how she found herself again. And mm -hmm. it has absolutely nothing to do with fame mm -hmm. or title or status. Mm -hmm. That happiness was an inside job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that just floored me, Angie. And so... Um, that's really what helped me begin to spiral back up. I started writing, uh, I started uh, blogging, I wrote some plays, and then I said, okay, I'm gonna write the book, because I returned to the thing that really was my first love, and that was writing. Mm -hmm. And so then out of that, here comes Pockets of Joy, it becomes a bestseller, and blah, 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 and here I am talking to you. Mm -hmm. But um, anyway, I told Maria, I told the newspaper reporter 
that story of how Maria Schreiber's book, Just Who Will You Be, helped me find myself again, helped me locate myself again, which started the writing again, which resulted in Pockets of Joy. The newspaper reporter published that. Maria Shriver's people called me and asked me for my life story in a thousand words or less. Pockets of Joy Journal had just come out, mm -hmm. and so I gave them, in addition to my life story, I gave them seven steps to, to journaling. You know, mm -hmm. a short pencil is better than a long mem memory, right? Mm -hmm. They published both of those on Maria Shriver's. Sorry, I just have to pause. I just, that just fell on me. A short pencil is better than a long memory. Mm. One mm -hmm. of my tips to journaling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Another That's one good. is uh, your feet show it, but they don't know it because they're long fellows, meaning you don't have to find like all the right words to say, just start writing. Right, I yeah. think we were talking yes, about we were talking that about in the pre recording. <laughs> so, anyway, um, Maria people, they find me, they ask me for my life story in a thousand words or less. I send it to them, they publish it. And the Pockets of Joy Journal and Pockets of Joy went to one and two in single parenting on Amazon. The only competition I had was myself. Well, I, the book became a bestseller. Wow. And that was a self-published version. Shortly after that, Whitaker House Publishing out east, a faith-based publisher, mm -hmm. got wind of Pockets of Joy and gave me a book deal to expand it. And the hardcover edition, which is over 200 pages, came out just a year ago. And that, too went to Amazon bestseller list in three categories. Wow. And talk about, because what they asked you to do was basically write essays, right? Yes. About, yeah. about joy, about the process or the needed the, the process of being intentional for looking for joy, particularly mm -hmm. in the difficult spaces, in the hard right. times, in the sad times, when things don't go according to plan. Mm -hmm. How do you find joy in those spaces? And that's what I wrote about. Right. So it's authenticity, service and generosity, positive connections, gratitude, self-care, yielding, and forgiveness. I say forgiveness for the last chapter. Mm. There can be no joy without forgiveness. Mm. Um, I tell the story of how after I had finished the manuscript for Pockets of Joy, I had to call my ex-husband mm. and ask him for his blessing because I had written about him. Mm -hmm. If he had not given me his blessing, there would be no pockets of joy. And I tell the story in the book on how he, uh, he gave me his blessing. Mm -hmm. Which is so brave to let, I mean, to tell, your, to tell your story, your own story, and to be vulnerable, vulnerable about it is brave, but to trust somebody else with your story is a different kind of bravery. He actually asked me to send him a couple of the uh, rough drafts of the chapters in which I had written about him mm -hmm. to see what I had said about him, and I sent them to him, mm -hmm. and he responded back with a, uh, an email that I ended up reading in the, in the offices of my director of publishing. I said, yeah, he said yes, and listen to what he said. And my director of publishing said, call him back. I said, hmm? Call him back. Okay, Why? Because we'd like to publish that in the final chapters of the mm. book. Ask his permission if we can publish what he wrote to you. I called him back, and the long and the short of it is he ended up writing, co-writing a chapter in the book. That's Forgiveness. Mm -hmm. This fantastical journey, as I call it, that I'm on as an author, meeting Maria Shriver and having a best-selling book and talking to you, Angie, you know, and having a son. Thank you for putting me in that company. <laughs> <laughs> 
it, it's you know you know having a son that graduated from college and you know still having an amicable co-parenting relationship with his father none of this none of what i just named would happen without forgiveness mm. so is that i i was going to ask a question and i think you may have answered it what is the What's been, well, maybe that was what was important. It seems like that's what joy is hinging on. That and self-forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You know, oftentimes when we think about forgiveness, we think that, you know, well, Jesus, God, is forgiveness of our sins, and we have to forgive others. Mm-hmm. The forgiveness starts with ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I look back over my life and, you know, failed marriage, and, you know, I probably made some career mistakes and whatever like that, and I could really kick myself. But really to find the pockets of joy in life, you have to come to grips and be at peace with what has occurred in your life. And that Mm -hmm. starts with self-forgiveness. And Mm -hmm. once you get to that place of healing, a new life opens up for you. And a new journey unfolds right in front of you. Mm -hmm. And that's why, again, I saved forgiveness for the last chapter of the book because I think it's really, really important. I love that. I guess the word I've used is grace. Yes. Especially in, um, so part of my story is my mom passed away nine years ago. So I, and there was a, 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 four years where I had about, I wrote them all down once, like about 16 losses. Not all as significant as losing my mom, but constant loss for about four years. And in that journey with grief, realizing, and a little bit of a twist on the self-forgiveness, but grace, having grace for myself to grieve as I needed to, or thinking about it in parenting, um, you know, when people have asked for parenting advice, you know, well, what's your parenting advice? Be very graceful with yourself, which I think your forgiveness would speak to that. Be forgiving of yourself because you're not gonna you're not gonna parent perfectly, you're not gonna walk through life perfectly, and. I, yes, 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 and amen to what you just said. No, that so funny. I actually, I, I, I've actually been studying that whole topic of grace, thinking that I want to write about it. You're a thousand mm-hmm. percent correct. I might mean, think about all the times I was late picking my son up from mm-hmm. basketball practice, right? Or mm-hmm. I signed him up for the wrong class, or you know, I, I couldn't be there. For, I'm not the only parent that does that. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't be there for that that big event, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, you just give yourself grace. You know, no, we're not perfect beings and we're not perfect parents. But as long as the intent, you know, as it says in Proverbs 23, so as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Mm. If, you, if your intent is to be good, to be gracious, to be kind, then there's grace that flows out of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that in the world that we live in today, with all this anger, mm-hmm. The answer is grace, mm-hmm. Angie. Mm-hmm. It is grace. It is kindness. What's the answer? Grace. Well, and what I've been thinking about a lot lately, coming from a communications background too, is what is the definition of good communication? Good, or when does good communication happen? It happens when both parties are seeking to understand, not seeking to be understood. Talk about that in Positive Connection chapter of the book. And I, I focus on the value of listening. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've sat down with a friend or a close relative over a cup of coffee or a meal or over the phone, and you know, an hour and a half goes by, and I've said mm-hmm. three words ex- to the extent of, mm-hmm, tell me more. Oh, really? Is that right? No. Interesting. Yep, 
I'm right here. Tell me more, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Conversation's over, and at the end of the conversation, they'll say, Roxanne, that was just the best conversation. I just feel so great. You're just so wonderful to talk to. (laughs) That happened so many times. When I was a journalist, I got some of the best interviews. I got some of the best sound bites by just sitting and listening and letting the interview subject talk. Mm -hmm. So it speaks directly and exactly to what you just said. Listening to understand not to be heard, listening to hear, not to reply. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It goes a long way. That's grace. And Mm -hmm. I talk about that in the chapter called Positive Connections in the book. So I just want to break into the show to let you know that we are going to be giving away a copy of Roxanne's book, Pockets of Joy. And if you would like to win the book, this is what you need to do. Go to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and like Roxanne's pages, and it is at Roxanne, R-O-X-A-N-E, only one N, battle, B-A-T-T-L-E, on all the social medias. Follow her, like her, also follow and like Retreat House Podcast on all those same things, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and you will be entered in, and then comment in one of those, and then you will be entered in to win a copy of her book, Pockets of Joy, Deciding to Be Happy, Choosing to Be Free. So what are these, the other seven steps to joy? We've talked about forgiveness. What would you say is, and maybe it's forgiveness, what's the one maybe that you've had to struggle with the most or the one that you, is it forgiveness? That, but I, and then self-care. You matter. Mm -hmm. I matter. I matter enough to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. Well, and talk a little bit about that because I had a friend point out recently that people will, some people will sometimes use self-care as an excuse Hmm. for self-indulgence. There's a difference between self-indulgence. But they'll and do self-care. hashtag self-care. You know, I'm going to eat all this chocolate. So we talk a little bit about okay, okay, self-care. Let's, let's talk about that example. I'm going to eat all this mm-hmm. chocolate because I'm taking care of my self-indulgence. Is is healthy attention to oneself and one's life. Mm-hmm. Positive habits right. that improve you as a person, not lead you down some you know another detrimental path. So yes, mm-hmm. have the chocolate, but indulging in chocolate. Right. Right. Maybe have a chocolate, not right. the bag of right. chocolate. Right. And mm-hmm. not to be realistic and take all right. the fun right. out of it. Mm-hmm. But what is going to help me be the best version of myself? Mm-hmm. Getting enough sleep, which I talk about the science of sleep. Mm-hmm. Having a good cry. I talk about how that releases positive hormones into the body and helps us problem solve, helps us feel better. And there's no shame in crying. No. So how do you... Sometimes I felt like I need to have a good cry, and there's a movie I know if I watch it, I will cry. Mm-hmm. And I will cry not necessarily because of the movie. The, the movie will start the flow, mm-hmm. and then I will just... Trigger. Trigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bomb. Yeah, yeah. Does that well, resonate with you, or are you just a crier? Um, like, you know, thankfully, <laughs> it's been a while since I've cried, had a oh. good cry, which is a really good thing, because I was mm-hmm. crying, as you spread in the book, a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Jared graduated from uh, high school and was heading in onto college, and I was an empty nester, I locked myself in the bathroom with a box of Kleenex and a praise and worship song that bounced off the tile walls, and I was in there mm-hmm. for about an hour just bawling my eyes out and I felt so much better when I walked out of the room mm-hmm. you know my eyes are all red my nose is all dubbed up right? 
been a good cathartic it kind was of very cry. cathartic and mm-hmm. the reason what brought me to that space what is this probably the same thing that brought you to the movie mm-hmm. is that you feel yourself stuffing these emotions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and here's the bottom line is you have to feel it to heal it mm-hmm. you can't circumvent those emotions I've learned that you have to go through them mm-hmm. to heal them so that they don't haunt you and that's a big step towards self-care that yeah I love I love that and I really resonate with that I would I'm a my go you know fight or flight minus flight I'm a I'm a fleer and there have been times where I've had to very purposefully consciously nope I'm going to go through it I'm going to go through it or if it's scary it's very mm -hmm. scary to face your pain but i I mean, I think, you know, you look at the life of Jesus and, mm-hmm. and how it's suffering, you know, it's so that pain does not control us. It doesn't have power over us. It's very scary, to, but the result is it frees you. Mm-hmm. It liberates you from, from what you're afraid of because you faced it. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a Bible study I was doing once, and I think it was Beth Moore, and she was talking about everything that was accomplished in Jesus suffering what the 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 good that came from it and and I don't want to make trite or make light of suffering that people go through because it it's, is hard and we just need people to come and it's not instant and it's a right. process and some yes. people never come fully get over some of the things that have occurred in life and I'm, I'm glad you said yeah. that Angie because I say that all the time too when I'm speaking I would never make light of anyone's tragedy or suffering no but for me, and the, the suffering or the pain that I've gone through, to see God use it and for it to be pain with a purpose, mm-hmm. not just pain for pain's sake, mm-hmm. has been a game changer for me. Here's what I say. We serve a God who survived the grave. Mm-hmm. And he is partnered with us. His spirit is imbued in us, and he's with us, mm-hmm. and he gives us that grace mm-hmm. to endure and persevere. Mm-hmm. That he's with us. He's with us. That's what the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit is. He's with us every single day. Mm-hmm. His yeah. grace is sufficient. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Even, and that's true, even when it doesn't feel like it's true, and want to acknowledge that sometimes that doesn't feel See, true. See, the thing is, we think that, and this is where pockets of joy is another sort of arm to pockets of joy. We think that life is supposed to be free of suffering. Mm-hmm. And it's not. All of us go through crud in life. Every, every single human being has a cross to bear. Mm-hmm. And the key to getting towards life and not succumbing to that is finding the joy and being intentional about it you know what's that scripture the joy that sets before him you know Mm, christ suffered because of the joy set before during the Mm -hmm. cross despising the Mm -hmm. shame because Mm -hmm. of the joy that was set before him that scripture oh so resonates with me if we accept the fact that life is imperfect and then embrace and learn these tools to find the joy in the midst of the darkness Mm -hmm. that's that's how we can lead that leads to happiness in life so talk a little bit about the difference between joy and happiness oh i'm glad you asked (laughs) i get that question all the time 
I think it gets confused often. Well, happiness, I think, is external. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to see you, Angie. I'm happy mm-hmm. to be here today. And that chocolate croissant I ate before we went on the air was <laughs> made me very happy. Mm-hmm. Happiness is an external emotion where we are reacting to something that has occurred externally. I believe joy is internal. Mm. It's something that resonates deep within and it's almost synonymous with peace. Mm. A peace that surpasses all Mm. understanding. And that's sort of the premise of Pockets of Joy is even in the midst of the storm, we can find a little pocket of peace, a little pocket of joy mm-hmm. that will sustain us until the storm passes. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? I would, yeah. I like that you, I, I like the distinction you made about happiness being external. Mm-hmm. I, I hadn't heard it that way before that I remember, mm-hmm. but I think that's a good distinction. And the coupling of joy and peace, mm-hmm. I think is is really good and it was I could feel that in my soul I could feel that that peace that passes all understanding that will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus and there just last week there was a time I was I was gone this weekend and I have I am overcommitted in this season of my life and and all good things, but still very busy and, and overcommitted. And I was going about my morning, and all of a sudden, I had a peace wash over me, and I thought, somebody's praying for me right now. Mm. I don't know who it is. I don't know where it is. But it was a, that peace that passes understanding, the peace that I, I, I wasn't seeking it I, even. It was unexplainable, and yeah, I'm having trouble finding words but to describe rece- it. But you opened yourself; you were opening up yourself to receive it, and mm-hmm. that's the other thing: is right. to be open to to receive the blessing mm-hmm. and to recognize those blessings. You yep. know, and know that they can that, that God speaks every day, all the time. Mm-hmm. We just have to tune into His frequency. I don't know what mm-hmm. podcast channel He's on, but <laughs> if we tune into it, <laughs> right, we can tap into that grace and that peace and that joy. Right, and something that I've been learning too is that doing the mind shift from I'm going to go here and do God's work versus God is at work here and I want to be a part of what I'm going to tap doing. into it yeah let me be the vessel right yes. and, and the privilege yes to be a part of what God is already doing is is amazing and I and I guess that would go for that that and it's still like feeling but that that feeling inside that even though there's chaos on the outside there's that peace and joy in the depth of your soul that that's allows you to I, keep walking forward. That's how I've, uh, you've described perfectly how I feel about, again, this fantastical journey that I'm on with Pockets of Joy. The people mm-hmm. that I'm meeting, the stories I'm healing, you know, connecting with, with people. I see healing. Mm-hmm. When you talk about joy, it, it brings healing. Mm-hmm. And to share my experience, to be vulnerable, to be transparent, to say, hey, you know what? I didn't have it all together. To use the platform I had as a television news personality, you know, you look at us on TV and the hair and the makeup and the studio lights and you think we lead perfect lives and we don't and we suffer. I suffered pain. I had a disappointment and heartache in a very public setting, but I found my way through. I mm-hmm. found the joy and mm-hmm. I write about how I did that and, and it's being intentional about looking for those pockets of joy. What has your process been like being a woman of faith and, and having a, a 
a voice in spaces that are not faith spaces. It's really interesting because Pockets of Joy was published by Whitaker House Publishing, which is a faith-based publisher. Mm -hmm. I get more feedback and invitations from non-faith-based mm. organizations and people. I, I speak more, more to you know corporate and, uh, audi and audiences and workforce audiences than I do churches because there's a very gentle faith message mm -hmm. in the book. And I wanted to do that, Angie, on purpose. I, want, I didn't want to preach. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to proselytize. I didn't want to pummel people over the head. I wanted to say, you know what? This is what happened to me. And here's how I dealt with it. Mm -hmm. And my faith was a part of it. Mm -hmm. I wrote Pockets of Joy. I had my target audience in mind. I wrote Pockets of Joy for the woman that I was when I wrote it, a young 30-something-year-old woman with kids struggling with work-life balance, curious about faith, wanting to know a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And that's the tone of the book. Here's what happened to me. Here's how I dealt with it. And oh, by the way, this scripture kind of spoke to me at that time. Mm -hmm. And in taking that approach, the book has had great success across both faith-based and secular markets. And it, that is evident in your book, that it, it's your story, and part of your story is your faith. Yes, you know, the book, book is uh, uh, Amazon bestseller in three categories, divorce, single parenting, and motherhood. Mm. None of those are religious categories. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In the very, in your epilogue, actually, you have the sentence that I feel like kind of encapsulate if I had to pick the key you know key verse I just want to section. thank you for reading the book I'm so yeah. flattered that you read it with all your little post-it notes <laughs> of course <laughs> and it says joy and happiness come from knowing who you are what you stand for and what you value most mm -hmm. I love that mm -hmm. and I feel That's, like that, that kind of encapsulizes well that capitalizes the subtitle mm -hmm. pockets of joy deciding to be happy choosing to be free what do you choose what decisions are you making in your life that honor what you value most? And the next sentence is, only you can define that. That's exactly right. Not letting and, other people... And which, which speaks to the other chapter in the book called Authenticity. Mm -hmm. The greatest gift we can give ourselves is being who we are. Mm -hmm. It was so funny, I had a speaking engagement last week, and um, for some reason I was talking about the chapter of Authenticity, and for some reason I always try to throw in current events and stuff like that but for some reason I decided I wanted to talk about people with pink hair why would I say that I've never talked about p people with pink hair but so anyway I'm up there speaking I say yeah you know whether it's jumpsuits or cat suits or tutus or pink hair own it be your authentic self and so I said that and I moved on you know my presentation ends I go back to the book table and I start signing books and people are chatting away buzzing around the table like busy bees and there was wonderful positive energy in the room and I'm signing books away and I look up and there standing in front of me is a woman with purple hair <laughs> God has a sense of humor mm -hmm. well probably one of those moments where she needed she, to hear she, she was she was she her eyes are twinkling and she thanked me you know and she she took a lock of her hair and she waved it at me mm -hmm. <laughs> Is there anything else about the book or your message? That well, we I just, I just want to 
say how grateful I am to God for the mission that I, he's, the, the assignment rather that he's given me. I think joy comes through being obedient to whatever it is we're called to do in this life. And sometimes mm-hmm. we go kicking and screaming, mm-hmm. fearful and afraid and nervous and anxious. All of those are hallmarks when you do have a calling on your life. Um, this far and away surpasses anything that I ever did as a television journalist. Mm-hmm. Being able to meet people and hear their stories and spread a little joy. My mission statement in life is very simple, three words, bring others joy, mm-hmm. ease emotional suffering. Mm-hmm. That's all I want to do. And I can't do that until I own my own pain mm-hmm. and find my own joy. But this I am convinced of, joy can be found. My favorite scripture is one that I sign my books with all the time because I'm convinced that joy can be found. And it's Psalm 1611, and it says, you, ha- you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Mm. Let me read the New King James Version, Psalm 1611. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. Mm -hmm. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's my favorite scripture. Mm -hmm. Just marinate and bask in the love of God. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. There's going to be peaks and valleys hills and valleys but by looking for those pockets of joy it kind of smooths that out a little bit and at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore Mm -hmm. amen there are two questions i ask all my guests okay the first is because it's called retreat house how do you retreat is it a place is it a practice it's a practice and that's why I was three minutes late today. <laughs> <laughs> I was running late too, so it didn't matter. <laughs> I, uh, I get up and I, I allow myself enough time. I wake up t- and allow myself enough time to meditate every single morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes I would pray, sometimes I would scriptures, or sometimes, a lot of the times, I sit in my favorite chair with my favorite view and do absolutely nothing mm-hmm. and just be in a still, quiet space. I find that that calms me, and, and I'm a much calmer person as a result of that. Sometimes great ideas come to me that I'll act upon, and then they'll materialize somewhere down the road. But the practice of meditation on a daily basis without fail mm-hmm. is my retreat. Mm, I love that. I have a friend who said once that she stops her body long enough for her soul to catch up. I love that, and I will be stealing yeah. that. <laughs> from my friend Nina. <laughs> I love that. I love that. You know, like the scriptures say, be still and know that I am God. Mm-hmm, Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, you just have to be still right. and quiet yourself. Mm-hmm. And that has been a big, big change in my life that's really helped me dramatically. The other question I ask all my guests is, if you were to use the hashtag celebrate weird to describe something about yourself, what would that be? Me? Yep. I'm a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> So we celebrate weird in my family, and when my boys were little, I would call them weirdo, like as a term of endearment, and I didn't think there was a problem until they called a friend a weirdo, and the friend was 
what what do you mean? And I, oh, no, 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 this is a good positive thing. I think to me, you know, hash celebrate weirdo is me. Because to me, what weirdo says is that you're okay enough with yourself to mm-hmm. be who you are, mm-hmm. irrespective of conformity and norm. Mm-hmm. You're going to do you, mm-hmm. and that's a really good thing. Mm-hmm. So is there something in particular about you? Angie, people think me totally oh, weird. Yeah. So just all, all of me. you is celebrating All weird. of me. I that's get it. I'm from <laughs> the top of my curly hair to the bottom of my painted toe feet. I'm weird. <laughs> I love that because that someone turned the question on me once when I was recording with them, and that's what I said. I said I can't... I, I can't find a thing because I feel like all of me is weird and I'm okay with that. Well, I, I love that. Right, because I think, you know, if, if, we're talking about con- if we're talking about conformity and norms, mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. being weird would probably equate to authenticity mm-hmm. and I revel in being my authentic self. Thank you so much for being here. It's been such a pleasure. I appreciate you doing your homework and I appreciate your grace and your kindness extended towards me. Thank you for joining us today at the table. Any information mentioned in the show or things we talked about can be found in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Or if you've already subscribed, please leave a review so that others can find us too. If you want to keep up on what's happening with Retreat House, you can find us on all the social medias at at Retreat House Podcast. If you want to keep up with what's happening with me, you can find me at at Angie Smith MN. We'll see you next week at the Retreat House Podcast. Mm-hmm.